official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Michelle and I about the kind of home and the kind of family that we wanted to build. And, and one of the things that I really enjoy is football. And so I thought, you know, one thing I want to build is, is a football family. I want us to be a football family, the kind that all wears jerseys and goes to games occasionally and watches and have parties and have people over. But my wife didn't know anything about football. And so one week, I bought tickets to go see an NFL game. It was a preseason game, and I got us really good seats. And it was in Buffalo, New York. My favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals, was playing the Buffalo Bills. And so we dropped Jared off at the in-laws, and we drove to Buffalo to watch his football game. And I had been praying, God, you're going to build a football, you're going to make us a football family, and this is a great opportunity. So we get there, and we get there early, because I want her to take it all in. And we're, we're in the couple front rows, <coughs> excuse me, couple front rows watching the teams warm up. And somebody from the Cincinnati Bengals comes up to me because they see I'm wearing a Bengals jersey. And they say, hey, some of our crew missed the flight to the game and we're looking for some workers to work the game tonight. Would you be interested? And I said, yes, we're interested. God is answering my prayers. He's lining this thing up. He's going to make my wife a football fan. And so we get field passes. We're down on the field. Now, back then, they didn't have fancy iPads. They would take pictures way up high in the stadium of the defense, and then they would fax them down to the field. So it was my job to take all the faxes and order them and put them together and say, this is this play, and this is the down and distance, and I'd staple them together, and I'd give them to my wife, Michelle, and she would run them into the huddle. So we're in Buffalo Stadium, it's a nighttime game, the lights are on, there's 60,000 fans, and my wife is running onto the field in the huddle during the commercials, right, to give the players the, and I said, God, you're so good. This is so amazing. This is the most memorable experience. It's the most beautiful experience. And, and we got to go, at the end of the game, her and I got to throw the football around on the field, and we got to go back in the tunnel by the locker rooms, and I said, this is, this is amazing. So we're walking back to the car, and I asked her, what did you think of that? That is an amazing experience. And, and she kind of paused and said, that was the most stressful experience in my entire life. And I said, so you didn't enjoy that? And she's like, it was awful. And my hopes were dashed. I, I wrestled with God over that, thinking, God, what, what have you, I thought you were orchestrating this whole thing to make us a football family. Um, and she still doesn't watch football. Uh, she tolerates it, which is, which is good, right? But what that did is it, it furthered our conversation on what kind of home do we want to build? What kind of family do we want to build? And so what we did is we made this list of core values, things that we really wanted to care about, things that we really wanted to build in our family. And so at first we wrote words down like faith. We want to be a family of faith. We want to, we want to put family and friends down as like really things that we're going to care about and we're going to build. Um, we wrote down the word honesty because I realized that for, for any intimacy to happen in a family, you have to be honest with one another. And, and so we wrote that down. I wrote down the word investing. We didn't have a lot of money, but we wanted to invest in, in, in the future. We wanted to invest in other people's lives. And so we wrote these down, and what we did is we laminated it. And you know it's serious when you put it through the laminating machine, 
Right? When you laminate something, you know it's for real, it's legit. This is not just something that you did, you laminated it. And then we put it up on our fridge, and it was there for years. And when I first started out as a pastor, I didn't make a lot of money. I was making $19,000 a year. Um, but I tell you what, we would go to the fridge, and we would see the word generosity on there. And it would remind us, yeah, we don't have a lot this week, but we're going to give something to somebody. We would go to the fridge, and we would see the laminated thing, and it would say investing. And we're like, you know what? We didn't, we didn't invest anything in anybody or in our community or in our, our schools this week. We've got to make sure that we're... we're, we're that's on our radar, on our agenda. And it, it, how surprising it was to us that that little laminated piece in, started to inform what we were building, what kind of home we were building, what kind of family we were building. It deformed our decision-making. See, you may not realize it, but if you look back at your life, you'll see that you've built what you loved. You might not be able to... Um, be intentional about it or articulate it, but you're always going to build what you care about, the things you care about. And you might think that you love this, but your actions and your time and your energy and your resources might tell you that you love that, right? Um, I'm known to jump on my MacBook at nighttime and look at um, fantasy football stats and watch songwriting webinars and sometimes my family members will give me little gentle hints and reminders that I'm investing a certain amount of time, more time than I should, in, in those things. And, and some, most of the time I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> but many times in our lives, we have to be reminded of what it is we love and care about and what we want to build, Right? And there's times when we have to reprioritize and recalibrate our affections. It doesn't mean we can't enjoy things like, like football and music and all those things. But we have to prioritize. Otherwise, we'll look back at our lives one day and realize that we built something that we never intended to build. And that's why Jesus, we, we read in the gospel in Matthew 16, Jesus says this, I will build my church. Why did he say that? Well, because you always build what you love. You always build what you care about. See, I'm convinced that every single one of us on some level is an architect. That we're building and we're framing and we're designing our lives based on the choices we make. And all of these choices are informed by what it is we care about. By what it is we love. By what it is our affections are pointed toward. So I want to talk this morning a little bit and go to the scriptures about how do we build something strong? How do we build strong lives? How do we build strong faith? How do we build strong relationships? And I share what I, I, I shared to kind of set the table a little bit to let us uh, know that if we're going to build something strong, it's really important that we know what it is we're building. What do we love? What do we care about? Because we can have all the building skills and we can have all the tools to build something, but if we're building the wrong thing, it doesn't do us much good, does it? Which I, I believe this, that, that the biggest tragedy of our lives is not failure, which we're often led to believe. That if we fail, well, that's awful. But failure is not the biggest tragedy of our lives. Succeeding at the wrong thing is the biggest tragedy of our lives. To invest our resources, our time, our energy, and our life and build something and then to look back and realize that's not what I wanted to build with my life. 
And so it's important that we first, before we talk about any kind of building, before we go to the scriptures and see what Jesus and the New Testament epistles say about building, it's important that we understand what we're going to build, what we want to build. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time is I want to walk through some scripture and I want to set out to answer three important questions that'll help us build something strong. Here's the questions. Number one, what will you build on? Number two, what will you build with? And then number three, what will it cost? So let's look at the first question. What will you build on? I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus said this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. We sang about that this morning. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, The winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When I was in my early 20s, I was making some some big life decisions, and I had decided in my early 20s that the most important thing, the thing that I was going to give my life to, was becoming wealthy and rich. And I had a friend who was a business person. He owned a couple music stores. I loved music. And and he convinced me to... to, uh, not attend classes at Clarkson University, instead to uh, get my business training from him, and he would show me the ropes and eventually hand over these stores to me, and I would become wealthy and rich. And about a year into that plan, God started messing with me, because that's what God does. He's really good at messing with us. And through a series of circumstances, I, I was kind of forced to consider Jesus' words, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? but loses his own soul. And it's not that music retail or being wealthy is, is evil or wrong. Scripture tells us it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money is, is just a tool, right? It's like a brick. If I had a brick in my hand, I, I, could, I could build a school with it or I could vandalize the storefront window with it, right? So the, the, the brick is not evil or good. It's, it's the intention of the one who's holding it. So it's not that owning a music store or making a lot of money is evil, but my intentions were what informed the value of it, right? And my intentions were vain and selfish at best. I just wanted to make a lot of money and be, and be wealthy for no other reason than to have status and to have comfortability. Um, and God started messing with me. And I realized that I wasn't orienting my life around Jesus and his teachings. See, when Jesus talks in Matthew 7 here about building on a solid foundation, building on rock versus building on sand, that's what he's getting at when he says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And so way back then in my early 20s, I made the decision to, to leave that music store opportunity behind, and I wasn't sure what I was going to build, but I knew that I wanted to build on a solid foundation, something that wasn't just selfish or vain, um, something, something that uh, could, could uphold the storms 
of life. And so my first question for, for you this morning is this. What foundation are you building your life on? What foundation are you building on? Are you orienting your life around Jesus and his teachings? Or are you building on, on a sandy work site that can't hold up the storms of life? Second question is what will you build with? What will you build with? And I'm going to read a, a verse from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's two words that, that I want to highlight from this passage. The first word I want to point out is the word whatever. So usually when we read this verse, this is a well-known verse, it's read often, preached from often. Usually when we read this, we put the emphasis on the list of things that the Apostle Paul provides us with. So let me give you an example. We read it like this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is pure. But we don't often do when we read this verse is we don't pay much attention to the word that is repeated over and over and over again in the verse, and that's the word whatever. And so let's read it with, with the emphasis of whatever for a second. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. It reads differently that way, doesn't it? It kind of unleashes our creativity to be like, oh yeah, whatever. Instead of whatever is noble, whatever is true. See, I said this last week, but I think it's worth sharing again. For many of us, our problem isn't that we don't know what to build with. Our problem is that we don't build with what we know. Whatever. Right? Oftentimes, as Christians, we, we play this game with God where we're waiting for all the divine building materials just to kind of fall down in front of us. When instead... He's already provided us with all these building materials that we fail to recognize and see because we're not focused on the whatever. We're focused on the thing, right? And what we, we need to kind of get rid of this false narrative that these divine materials are just all going to fall down. He's already provided us with materials, building materials. See, when you have an opportunity to serve your friends, your families, your neighbors, your schools, your church, when you have an opportunity to volunteer in the community, you have to ask yourself this question. Is that opportunity noble and true and admirable? If the answer is yes, then you can build with it. That's a building material. How many are going to get paychecks this month? Oh man, no wonder our church is broke. There's only six people who are getting paid. When you get your paycheck... This month, and when you, when you go to set aside a little sum in savings and you go to give some, is that true and right? Is it, is, it, is it praiseworthy? Is it excellent? Of course it is. Guess what? You can build with that. If you have a day off this month and you use it to, to spend time with your family and your friends and your neighbors and you build relationship and you strengthen, can you build with that? Is that something that, that's admirable and praiseworthy? Yeah, it is. You can build with that. See, what we fail to recognize is we have all these opportunities that God's already provided us with, all these building materials in our life that we could build something strong with, but we're stuck waiting for these divine building materials to show up. 
And God's saying, hey, there's materials all around you. That 15 minutes tonight before bed, when you can pick up your Bible and just talk to me about your day, that's, you can build with that. That, that builds a, a, a stronger relationship with who God is. But we fail to recognize those things because we've convinced ourselves that those things are just normal. Those things are just ordinary. I need some like killer building materials. And all the while, God is saying, just use the building materials that are around you, right? That I provided you with. The second word that I want to highlight from this verse in Philippians is the word think. Kind of a strange word. He goes through and says, hey, whatever's noble, whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable. And then he says, think about such things. So why is the Apostle Paul telling the Philippian church to think? And I believe it's for this reason. Because you build with what you think about. Whatever you think about, those are your building materials. See, we often believe that our hopes and our dreams are really just an escape from life. But they're never meant to be an escape from our life. Our hopes and our dreams are supposed to be the building materials that we build our lives with. Whatever it is you think about, that's what you're building with. So my question for you is this. What do you spend the majority of your time thinking about? Is it excellent and praiseworthy? Is it excellent and praiseworthy? Or do we need to do what Paul encouraged the Philippians to do to to change and adjust what we're thinking about? Because whatever you're thinking about, that's what you're building with. Last question. What will it cost If we're going to build strong, we need to know what we're building on. We need to know what we're building with. And we need to know what it will cost. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. So here's the third thing you need to consider when you're trying to build strong, is that anything that you build, no matter what it is, anything you build will cost you something. No matter what you're building, it comes at a cost. It comes at an opportunity cost. It comes at a financial cost. It comes at, at uh, energy and resource costs. And there's nothing worse than setting out to build something that you can't see through to completion. And so if you want to build a strong faith, you have to follow Jesus and his teachings. Now, salvation is a free gift. There's nothing you can do to work for it or to earn it or to, or to, to somehow purchase it. It's a free gift. But if you want to build a strong faith, you've got to follow Jesus and his teachings, right? That's the cost of building a strong faith. If you want to build a strong marriage, you have to put your spouse's well-being above your own because that's what a good marriage costs, right? There's a price. There's a sacrifice to having a good marriage. If you want to build a strong vocation, then you're going to have to sacrifice for that. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to uh, spend time and energy working at it and getting skilled at it. If you want to build strong friendships, if you want to build strong friends, you have to first be a friend, right? That's the cost of, of friendship is you have to actually be a friend. It's amazing that the people who are looking for friends usually don't find any. 
But the people who are looking to be a friend usually have tons of them. Have you ever noticed that? The people who are looking for friends, they rarely find any. And the people who are looking to be a friend, they're just overwhelmed with friendships. They can't even keep up with all their friends. Why is that? Because everything that you build comes at a cost. And so if you want friendships, you have to be a friend. You actually have to do it. And there's an an underlying theme in all of this on cost and building strong. And it's this, that you can't build strong apart from sacrifice. It'll always cost you something. Which leads me to my last point, and I have a picture to show you to illustrate this last point. I'm going to ask Ian to throw that up. Does anybody know what this is? Anyone? A what? Yeah, there's a hint because there's a sign at the bottom. I was just waiting for someone to catch that. It's the big blue one that kind of sticks out. It's, a, it's an altar. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of altar or where this is, but it's a sacrificial altar. And who knows what altars are used for? I'm setting it, I'm setting it up for you guys. Like this, you should be hitting this one out of the park. What's an altar used for? <laughs> Sacrifice. <laughs> Boom. You guys have, are in turkey over, overdose. <laughs> yeah, sacrifice and worship, right? <clears throat> See, here, here's my final point I want to make this morning. Whether you're aware of it or not, all of us, every person you meet, every person in this room is worshiping something and sacrificing their life for something. Whether you believe in God or not, it doesn't matter. Every person you meet is worshiping something and sacrificing something because we're given this life in every decision we make, every choice we make, every bit of time and resource and human energy that we give, we're sacrificing it for something, right? So we're building one of these. Every single one of us is building one of these. And eventually, every person has to climb up on the altar that they've built. Every one of us. Now, your altar might not be to God. Your altar might be to money. It could be prestige that you're building that you're sacrificing for. It could be power that you're worshiping. It can be sex. It can be popularity or status. But make no mistake, every person you meet is building one of these. And at one point in their life, they're going to have to climb up on the altar that they've built. Which is why Romans 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The message translation says it this way. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. See, here's the real test for building something strong. Are you willing to climb up on the altar of what you've built and offer it and yourself completely and fully to God? And when you do that, is it a sweet-smelling aroma that's pleasing to him? If it is, then you've built something strong. Right? You've built something strong. Let me read one last verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. 
For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. See, make no mistake. At the end of your life, you're going to climb up on the altar you built. And it's going to be tested by fire. One of the things I love about the last Sunday of the month is we take communion together. And it's a time for us to remember the sacrifice Jesus paid. And that how he gave and offered himself so that we could find life. And so this morning when we come to the communion table, I want us to consider that. And I also want us to ask ourselves the question, what am I building? And is it worthy of his sacrifice? Is it something that's going to hold up? Is it something that when it's consumed is going to be pleasing and acceptable and holy to God? So can I pray for us? I'm going to have the worship team come up and get ready. Then we'll take communion together. God, we just want to take a moment to reflect on your goodness and who you are, your faithfulness, your steadfastness. And then, Lord, we want to confess that, that we're not those things. <laughs> that sometimes we get distracted and we start building something that's, that's faulty and we're building on a sand foundation. And sometimes you gently come along and you remind us through family, friends, coworkers, or the scripture, or even your Holy Spirit speaking a still small voice to our heart. And you remind us that we're, we're spending all of our energy and resources and time building something that, that can't withstand the storms of life. They can't hold up. And Lord, we're reminded this morning that there's a rock. And his name is Jesus. We need to build our lives on him. Then we need, Lord, the right materials to build with. And sometimes we overlook all of the, the building materials you've already provided us with and we spend our lives waiting and waiting to build anything. And God, we thank you for the reminder today that, that you've provided us already with materials to build with. And Lord, we also remember as we come to the table this morning the cost of our salvation. That although it's free to us, it costs Jesus everything. And he paid that cost. But Lord, if we want to be faithful followers of Jesus, that we have to follow Jesus and his teachings. And so we come to the table this morning aware of that. God, we pray as we take the bread and the cup that we would be challenged and encouraged to build something strong. Something that when we crawl up in the altar and when we're tested by fire, that it can be a sweet, pleasing aroma. God, we don't want to worship anything other than you. And yet we do it all the time. We get distracted and we get sidetracked. But Lord, you're always gracious to forgive us. You're always gracious to welcome us back. So we come to you this morning, God, rededicating our lives to you, our building project to you. We know that you're going to equip us and you're going to roll out the blueprints and you're going to show us step by step of what we're supposed to build and how we're supposed to build and where we're supposed to build, what we're supposed to build with, who we're supposed to build with, who we're supposed to build for. 
God, just give us all the courage and the, and the wisdom and the faith that we need to see that through to completion. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory. Amen. But one other thing is last week I announced that we were starting a next step fund, which is really a fund that's going to prepare our church for whatever God has next for us. We know that God has blueprints already drawn up. We're just waiting for them. And so we just felt as a church, we need to prepare for whatever it is that God's doing to, to, to this. he wants to build. And so we feel that we need to uh, raise $30,000 uh, in hope of finding our new rental space where we can be more hospitable, where we can be more present in the community and accommodate what God wants to do, uh, position ourselves to serve more. And so if you want to give to that, that account and that fund starts today. I'm just going to ask you, when you give your donation to that, write the word next step on the check or on your PayPal memo, whatever it is, and we'll make sure that the funds are allocated for that. And whenever that's raised, that's when we're going to start looking for a new rental space. So be blessed. I, be blessed. I'm going to say one prayer, quick prayer blessing, okay? God, let every person here build strong. God, let them be aware of what they, they love because that's what they're building. God, give them the, the right tools and, and building materials to build with. And God, as you uh, open uh, up your word and show them what it will cost, that you will give us the bravery and the courage to step out and to obey your word. And we'll give you all the praise for it. God, bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you guys next week. <clears throat> <clears throat> for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.